0: Anyway, thank you for being with us this morning. I hope you've um, really met with God during the worship time and it's just so good to uh, pray for those uh, in the, our family that are just struggling right now and suffering and our thoughts and prayers go out to Jody and the family as Paul said and yeah, just those, thought, those verses were in my mind actually all through this week about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and Actually, this week has been a bit of, has been weeping really with uh, our fellow family members and it's just been a really difficult time and we just want to uh, support you, Jody. Our love goes out to you and um, yeah, we're just really sorry for your loss. And, uh, and what Ansha said as well, that he is close to the brokenhearted, that he will draw near to you at this time. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult season, um, but God is near. And uh, I just wanted to share some other news as well. Um, over the last three years, Herman has led the Connect Groups and has done a brilliant job with that. He's brought real structure and vision to the Connect Groups, but he felt now is the time to um, really pass that on now and is handed over to uh, Andre and Annalise who are now gonna head up Connect Groups. But we just wanna thank Herman for his wonderful service to the church. He really served the church superbly over these last three years Uh, he's put all the material together worked really well over that over the last three years for that and brought structure to it as I've said and just yeah really done a great job with that so we just want to thank Herman for all that he's done over the last three years and now we're moving in to a new season with Andre and Annalise so be be praying for Herman and praying for um, Andre and Annalise as we go into this new season and This morning, we're going to be looking at some interesting topics, something that we don't often speak on, um, but I hope that it will be helpful to us. And as we've been looking over the last five weeks now, the values of Hope Church, I hope that's been helpful. We've been looking at what it is to be a Bible-believing church, uh, led by the Holy Spirit, mission-focused. We've looked at discipleship, servanthood, being part of the global church, um, all really important parts and values of being Hope Church. And what we're looking at today really helps us understand what it means to be part of a local church. What we've looked at and are looking at today, I hope, will help you decide if this is the right church for you. What we're looking at is really important today. So we're looking at today where leaders are honoured, a church that honours leadership and can thoughtfully submit to appropriate leadership, group leaders, worship leaders and others, as well as elders and where unity is prized, is where I was hoping I got the slides in order, and I did. Um, So a church that values and fights for unity and integrity. So some really important um, uh, values that we're looking at this morning, and I'm going to read from uh, a chunk of scripture from Hebrews 13, from verse 1 to 19. I'm going to read it all, but I'm going to particularly focus on two verses, verse 7 and verse 17, once I've read it. But I just think there's Stuff in there that will really help us through this season as well, just to consider. But the whole section is really a clear expression of the Christian life. So I just thought there'd be some other things to consider as well that we won't particularly focus on today, but it's just a great uh, section of scripture. So I'm going to read and you can read along with me at home. So we're going to go from Hebrews 13, verse 1. Hopefully the words will appear on your screen. Okay. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for, what would that, for what would that, be of, that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. So quite a a chunk there of scripture, but uh, just some really helpful things in there. And a couple of verses we're going to, to really focus on. A church that loves leadership that godly leadership is to be honoured and upheld. God has put leaders in place in all sorts of levels in church and society, and that done well, we should rejoice in. There's two particular verses here on the leadership, verse 7 and 17. Consider the outcome of their lives and imitate their faith, and obey your leaders. So following Jesus, according to this, involves loving godly leadership and being glad that we submit to those who are in leadership I think it's important to address that in our culture there is a general mistrust of leaders but we are called not to mirror culture we need to reflect God where there is submission within the Godhead Jesus says uh, not my will be done but yours I only do what I see my father doing he's He's submitting within the Godhead. He's submitting in his earthly ministry and for all time. And this helps us respond appropriately. I think the first thing people may struggle with is this topic of submission. And we will struggle with this today. When it says, wives, submit to your husbands. It doesn't mean that men are better than women. Surely if we think, though, if we submit to something, it means that they're better than us. But we have to understand that's not how the Bible talks about submission or how it views it. Submission between people who are equally valuable, equally God-given, and God-breathed. Jesus submitting to the Father equal in the Godhead. And the the model we have in our culture is often shaped uh, how our thinking is. It shapes our thinking. And if if we submit to those who are above me, they're often more experienced than me, higher salaried than me. Uh, better than me at what we do and I do what they tell me but if they're the same as me I'm I'm not going to submit but that's not how the bible sees it that's not how authority and submission should work at all or it shouldn't authority comes from God he puts it there in the first place so we have to try and separate really a kind of worldly view and how scripture views it Jesus with the father, wives and husbands, they're not inferior, but they submit. Citizens aren't inferior to the government, but submit, hopefully. When Paul wrote submitting to authorities, the governments were kind of raping, pillaging and burning people at the stake. But Paul said, submit and be model citizens. It's worth acknowledging people don't like submission and authority. It can, authority can often bring its own connotations with it, can't it? Of wrong use of power or abuse. Husbands can wrongly use the Bible to try and control. We're not saying don't, we're not saying submit to abuse like that. The Bible is not used to try and control. It can often be the case that people can confuse and fail to understand though, that authority is a beautiful God-given thing. It just so happens that the world has made a mess of it and the church has through the centuries. But authority can often as well be modelled around our own father figures who may not have been the perfect model. So to understand that God is not like our fathers, the perfect heavenly father is compassionate and loving and slow to anger. So God and his authority is good his model of authority is what is good rather than our own personal experience of it. So it's helpful to understand that our views of authority, how they are shaped by our experience of, and culture and how, how it's also changed over time as well. Teachers and pupils, when teacher and pupil would uh, fall out, uh, not that long ago, the, the, the parents would be on the side of the teacher supporting and trying to correct. But now, parents are nearly always on the side of the pupil. Teaching the child that authority doesn't really matter. Sometimes that attitude can slip into the church as well. So when a person can come into church cold with no experience of church or understand biblical leadership, like myself, that's what happened to me. I came in and had no understanding. We can think, what right does the leader have to ask me to do these things or to live a certain way? The leader is there to lead and teach and sometimes correct behaviour. Being a disciple of Jesus involves loving leadership. Leaders are called in, the, in scripture pastors or shepherds, kind of the same word, or elders. They are there to guide and feed and protect the sheep. And being sheep is kind of offensive. We don't want to be called a sheep because they're kind of stupid animals aren't they but Jesus was the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep then as a good shepherd he gives under shepherds earthly shepherds who serve the church like myself elders or leaders in the church that is what we are first and foremost elders are servants of the church by shepherding the sheep or the church We see a clear view of this, what it looks like in 7 and 17. And the writer says three things: three things that the church should do, and three things that the leaders should do. So in verse 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider their lives. That the leaders, first of all, speak the word of God to you, that you're to consider their lives and their faith. Obey your leaders and submit to them. The leaders should speak the word of God to you. You should consider their lives and their faith and obey and submit. So as we've gone through the last five weeks, looking at the values of Hope Church, understanding what it means to be part of the church, serving, being part of mission, this is a crucial part. And I'd ask some key questions in joining any church, but also consider this as we look to move forward. As you... Think of the elders and as of the core team. If you think of the Lettingtons, the Manictalas, the Collins, the McCormacks, the Gads, the Holthausens, Adam and Rachels, they uh, eventually return at some point. There's some questions that I would say you should ask this of any church you're thinking being a part of or wanting to move forward with. First question is this. Are these leaders speaking the word of God to us faithfully or are they distorting the gospel or bible or both if not you shouldn't be following them it's important that we use the bible correctly the bible is often described as a double-edged sword it is a sharp weapon That's why we don't just let everyone preach because if it's wielded incorrectly it can do great damage We ask, is is this person a a student of the word, or do they just have something to say? I, I don't let my kids pick up dangerous knives and tools very often and let them wield them around. And church leaders are there in place using the word of God with reverence and humility. And the Bible, the gospel, is preached to help people grow in confidence in the Word, in the authority of Scripture, to steer people away from cultural fads or from the next big thing that people get so easily caught up in. We looked at earlier in the series what it what it means to be a the, about the Bible being honoured, and that is crucial to us as leaders. The second question we should ask is: Do the leaders have lives and faith that I can imitate? Or would imitating them make me less like Jesus? So imitating the leaders, would it make me more or less like Jesus? This is why we take our role so seriously. If we look at someone and think, if I were to be like that person, would I be more like Jesus? And see, there's no point me communicating the gospel really well or running good alphas, then going home and being horrible to my wife. Or not speaking to my kids or seeing them as a nuisance, not teaching them the truths of God. If I only did discipling here in church and not at home, that would be a wrong and incorrect balance. We need good examples to follow. Norman Blows was someone who was a great example to me in my early Christian life and as an elder alongside him in Bury St Edmunds his patience and care and passion for the gospel, his desire to see people baptised in the Holy Spirit. And even some of his kids turned out all right. People like Steve and Ali Collins, who are faithful in serving. They served in kids' work for many years. They served faithfully in the 4pm team, working really hard in that. Steve's now serving in the trustees. They've been faithful givers over the years. Jeeves and Catherine, their love and care for the young people. They love the young people of this church. And when your youth or your your teenagers come to Ignite, let it be known that your young people will be loved. They genuinely love the young people of this church. Adam's prayer life has always been an inspiration for me. How he would pray for the church has always inspired me to pray more. if you don't think the leaders are ones you can follow, ones you can be an example, then you need to find ones that can. Because hypocrisy will kill. It will be death to the church. The third question I would ask is, am I prepared to obey and submit to the leaders and have them watch over me? Or am I going to submit to other leaders? Submitting should be done with joy and not with groaning. You might think, well, actually, I I don't really want to obey or submit. I want to do my own thing. I don't really like this idea of authority. But the Bible actually says that we're called to submit. So you either do it here or you do it somewhere else. But we're called to be accountable. It's not really an option. And we're, we're pictured as members of a family. It's part of a flock. So if it's not here, if you feel like you can't do these things here, then be released but you need to submit somewhere. The role of leaders is to point you, to equip you for the work of ministry, to help present you mature in Christ. Point out if you are wandering off the path. And submission can take all sorts of form, how we adjust our lifestyle choices, what we think we should do before God, how we give. There might be a difference in theology or or vision, but agreeing to move forward together, submitting to what the leaders are asking. I've often, myself, when I've thought about this, submitting to to leadership, I've often broken it down to a rule of three. If it's not immoral, illegal, or unbiblical, then I should probably obey what they're asking me to do. Not as mindless robots, you know, there's conversation to be had. I'm saying we're open to conversation. That's not what I'm saying. Leadership is nothing to be is not to be lauded over. But I've been an elder for coming into eight years now, um, four years in Barry St Edmunds and nearly four years here. Submission often starts when agreement stops. Submission often starts when agreement stops, and that's when you find out if people are really submitted. Because it's easy to submit when you're all in agreement. It's all lovely when you all agree. That's easy. But the heavy thing for me as well in this is in verse 17. Obey your leaders, submit to them. They're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. One day, God will ask me, Ian, did you love these people? Did you pray for them? Did you shepherd them as I intended? This is a heavy responsibility, and I take it very seriously. Our duty as elders is to protect. Sometimes strangeness can come in. People will come, can come into church with their own agenda or own ministry, <clears throat> self-declared prophets. Once, I remember somebody came in and introduced themselves to me as an itinerant um, apostolic evangelist without even telling me their name. I said, oh, hi, I'm Ian. People bringing the latest craze or kind of weirdness from America. Sometimes our job is to protect the church from that. And a lot of that goes unseen. I've had to ask people to physically leave a building before. It's also the job of the leader to shepherd and guide and move the sheep forward to keep them an apostolic sent people. That we're not here to just fulfill people's needs, but to help the church move forward and make disciples. We're not here to just organize groups and pray together, and, but we're here to reach the lost and broken world. Not just making our services nice and wanting people to come to us, but we're going somewhere. We want to see the lost people saved, to see those who don't know, to know him to see other congregations planted as we grow, to to reach and help those in need, to help the downtrodden and the broken. We're not saying, come and join us and you'll be happy and content. But come and enjoy an adventure of reaching this area and reaching the nations, of reaching this town and region. You can play your part in that. That's what our role is as well. So we go through all of this, all of this in the looking at the membership, exploring membership course, because membership and, and accountability is important because we want to know who is in the church. I want, we want to know who's in the family, because one day I'll, we will have to give an account for these people. And these things are important as we strive for unity, where unity is prized. Unity is important. God loves it. So often you hear the psalm, um, God commands blessing where there is unity. Unity in Christ, powered by the Holy Spirit, uniting us through the truths of God's word, with, with shared mission, brotherly affection and service. Just a few things really on unity before we break bread. So get ready to be breaking bread in a moment unity however is not a virtue in and of itself we're not after unity at all costs unity is not the goal unity with the unity with the truth of christ is false unity keeping the peace is not what we're after so after you know after everything is nice on the surface but deep down there's resentment and disappointment that's not what we're after we need honest and open relationships where we can be accountable to one another. And in my short time as an elder, <coughs> I've discovered that people find that hard. But that is what we must have if we want true biblical unity. The family of God is a diverse Group of people gifted to serve one another for the sake of a unified maturity in the faith, to reach the lost and broken world. Sometimes that requires submitting. Other times that requires dying to self for the sake of others. We're brought together one in Christ with our unique gifts, abilities, personal preferences, genders, ages, ethnicities, all because of Christ on the cross. Why don't you get your bread and wine, as we're going to come and remember that. Now, all because of Christ on the cross, brought together because we were bought at a price. We have leadership because we've seen it in the self-sacrificial love of the Good Shepherd who laid his life down for us. The Good Shepherd. Let's read this John 10 together. John 10 says, I am the good shepherd from verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Why don't you, we just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life for us, your glorious, wonderful church we are the body now of christ your hands and feet on this earth thank you jesus you are the good shepherd lord i pray for the leaders in this church help us be good under shepherds for you are the great shepherd this is your church lord your bride and we want to follow you and be guided by you lord we want to submit to you king jesus so why don't we take the bread and the wine and his body was broken for us it was a ransom for many so why don't we take the bread thank you Lord for your body broken for us for your glorious bride the church Thank you that you were obedient, that you did the will of the Father. And thank you, Lord, as we take the wine for the blood poured out for many, covering our sin and our shame. as we take a moment to remember that we're just going to return to some worship and then after that we're going to come back and go back into groups just to pray for one another as we remember that act of what we've just done that physical act of remembering the cross of christ that unites us together in one faith so let's go back to dave and kate in worship now going to bring our service to an end now and you may or may not be relieved but there is no mentee this week we're just going to go into groups just for an opportunity uh, to be together to pray for one another and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week uh, i hope you've um, enjoyed that it's not some, a topic we often talk about and it's not really a, i hope that hasn't come across as a kind of heavy authoritative way but actually just trying to look at the biblical model really, of what leadership and submission means. Actually, it's a beautiful thing where we um, can submit to things. Okay, thanks very much. And we'll see you next week.